Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, bonjour, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your sentinel of cider. I'm super excited, as I always am on Saturday nights, because I get to hang out with uh, wonderful people, great products, uh, and uh, schmooze, and and booze, and wines, and dines, and um, have a good time. And today's guest is uh, a lovely lady. She um, I met her uh, at an event, and uh, super excited to have Joan Harkins. She's the... uh, well, she's the president and CCE, that means Chief Cider Entrepreneur or something, we'll find out, executive perhaps, uh, but she has a cider company here in uh, based in Seattle, uh, Enjoy French Cider, um, and we're going to talk about some of her great products, how she got started in the business, the world of cider, and this is European cidre, if you will, and uh, she has a couple uh, fortified products like um, Pomo and Calvados, and she's even got some cognac uh, and coming on a cargo ship uh, soon to be here in the fall approach is probably just the right time for cognac so without further ado oh by the way happy july everybody um hey it's joan harkins hey welcome to happy hour thank you good to have you uh bienvenue uh radio de arroz i love it merci merci Uh, the old uh yeah well (laughs) Cider. I cider has made a big renaissance. I remember cider. Um, I remember making apple cider actually mm-hmm. at some place in Pioneer Square uh, on a field trip when I was like ten or eleven. Um, but the health board shut that down because it wasn't very clean, you know. We get those, um, but that was one of my first cider experiences. And obviously, Washington, United States was born on cider. Um, but cider comes from Europe for the most part. Uh, and let's talk about it. You, when would you, when did you first have a cider? It wasn't uh, that long ago. It was about five years ago. Oh, um, smitten. Yes, I was. Uh, I was. Uh, we had welcomed an exchange student from Brittany to spend a few weeks with us about five, six years ago. And his family invited us to come visit them in Brittany, which we, of course, did immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, we showed up on their doorstep, and they gave us cider, and they gave us Calvados, and they introduced us to this wonderful world of these beautiful apple and pear-based drinks. And um, I came back to the U.S. thinking, okay, this is, I love this, right? It's it's natural. It's A lot of it's organic. It's very pure. Very refreshing. This is this is going to be my drink. So I came back to Seattle thinking I would find all kinds of French cider, or cidre, as you said, and I really couldn't find anything that uh, recreated that experience that I had when I was in Brittany and Normandy. So I went back and forth a couple times, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, visited a lot of producers in Normandy and uh, in Brittany as well. So Brittany, we're talking about the coast of France, the western yeah. coast of France, and Normandy is further north of Brittany, or is it, I, I forget. Yeah, it's kind of northeast, Okay, yes, right? So great. it's a little bit farther north. Closer to England, isn't it? Uh, no, they're both they're both well, on the English Channel, okay, right? right? So, um, and and the majority of cider comes from Normandy. Mm-hmm. About eighty five percent comes from Normandy. About uh, ten. Normande. Le, oui, la, la Normandie. Normandie. Yes, and then about twelve percent comes from Brittany or Bretagne. Bretagne. And then there's actually some uh, cider from Picardy. Really. About thirty miles north of Paris, uh, there's orchards everywhere. It's very rural, and you'll get cider. 
Uh, you'll get cider in Picardy as well. We do have a couple of ciders from Picardy. And so, do you spoke French? Obviously, you're not inviting a French exchange student without speaking French, or <laughs> is this sort of a plan to learn French? Yeah, I, I actually started speaking French when I was in high school. My parents were very involved in inviting exchange students to stay with us, and one exchange student uh, from Cameroon in West Africa oh, yeah. is French-speaking, and I started speaking French when I was about 14, 15. Fun. It was fabulous. Got uh, my degree in French studies and then spent my last semester in France, in the south of France, actually. Um, and that's where I was smitten with France and French culture, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the so. laissez-faire. Yeah. Yes, la, la bonne vie. <laughs> la bonne vie. <laughs> la bonne temps and la bonne heure here with Joan Harkin. So the company's called FrenchCider.com? There's actually two companies. Okay. Uh, the import wholesale company is Beauchamp Imports. Beauchamp Imports. And my retail company for consumers is French Cider. All right. Well, that's that's pretty pretty basic. That's great. FrenchCider.com. You can't uh, really mess that up. Yeah, um, I love the URL. Yeah, and and so cider's actually produced in, in countries around the world. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we have ciders in New Zealand. We have, we have apples in New Zealand and China and Spain and France and um, Germany, uh, uh, where else? Um, I think uh, in the Netherlands. But uh, w- when we think about cider, this is a, a tradition that goes back um, not quite as far as beer, because beer, when I was growing in a little warmer climate without trees and things like that, they had sure. grains. So how old is the industry of cider here in France? I mean, it, what, so, what's the first written y- record of Yeah, I, I think most people agree it's around the time of William the Conqueror, so around 1,000, although there are records going back earlier. Apparently, the the cider industry really took off in France when the more bitter and acidulate-type apples started showing up coming from Spain. Right. So when those came up from Spain, they started planting those in the Normandy and Brittany region, and they uh, grew very well, and that's when the cider industry really started. And, of course, following on its heels was... The idea of distilling the cider mm-hmm. and making it into Calvados. So I think the earliest records are around um, William the Conqueror's time. Wow. He ordered a lot of trees to be uh, planted. Obviously, the trees grow really well in Normandy. They grow way better than grapevines. Mm-hmm. And so that's why cider really became uh, the classic drink in right. the Normandy region. Well, it's great. And and we know that uh, of our Spanish and, and French, the, the tribes that settled those countries uh, were agrarian and, and they learned how to to master their domains and their their terrain if you will uh, how many different cider apples are there because we think about apples mm. Washington State I mean let's say I can like gala and <laughs> honey sure. crisp but when we think of cider apples are there really names for them yes there are so here's the thing that I discovered this absolutely astounding um, I'm told that there are actually about 3,000 cider apple varieties in France. Wow. Only about 1,000 of them actually have been named, <laughs> and about 300 of them are in commercial production. So um, they have beautiful names like uh, Binet Rouge, Petite Amère, Feillard, Cartinier, Rouge de Quintepie, all these wonderful names. And it's funny because these names sometimes are very long, which is ironic because these apples are really small. They're about the size of golf balls. <laughs> right. And, you know, I, we see some of those trees, and obviously Seattle's been planted with fruit trees all around. Sure. Um, you know, there's orchards in West Seattle, for for instance. And some of those apples, though, you you, you want to bite them like, mm, that looks so good. And, wow, uh, bitter and sour and tart. And, 
Yeah. Chewy, so, too. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're interesting. So there's four major types of cider apples. There's bitter, bittersweet, acidulate, or acidic, tart apples, and then sweet. And the bitter and the acidulate, they're inedible. They're, yeah. they're they're really you don't want to. I don't be think horses them. would eat them either. No, no, the cows will eat them. <laughs> well, yeah, they could just chew everything right. all day. <laughs> Interesting, three thousand varieties, and uh, you know, I wonder how many. What's the genus? Was it Eve's tree? <laughs> was, I, I guess. Tree I guess. I mean, think tree? about it. That's a lot of varieties of apples that go way back. Yeah, right? and so it must have been seven tribes of apples at one point, or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Um, so fun. So you started. How did your business go? I, did you said I'm going to take a suitcase? full of cider and see if people like it or did you like you know what i'm gonna follow this passion till well yes till, till the yeah tree. yeah so what well when i realized that i couldn't find the ciders that i had experienced in normandy and i wanted to have that here and I wanted to share them with friends, um, I started by doing a little market research. It wasn't official market research, but I started talking to people in the uh, food and beverage industry. I started mm-hmm. talking to chefs. I started talking to bartenders and just getting an idea of what people thought about cider. And I think, and this would have been about four years ago, and it was just starting to uh, interest people at that time. It certainly uh, hadn't got to the the point that it is now where it's very interesting to people. But there was enough interest that I decided to go ahead and um, start importing. And I just dove straight in. I imported an entire container of cider for my first, uh, my first container. And that's like Seven pallets? Uh, no, it was a 40-foot container. It was 18 pallets. 18 pallets. Yeah, 18 okay. pallets in a refrigerated container 800 through plus the cases. Panama Canal, up <laughs> yeah. California coast, and up to Washington. All so, right. Well, that's yeah. a long journey. It's, it's yeah. almost like it was on a, a horse or mule or something. <laughs> Pretty neat. So how many ciders was in that first batch? Uh, let's see. I think there were seven really? in the first batch. And how did it go? It went great. I pre-sold. So what I did uh-huh. is I did have samples with me, and so I made sure I went around and visited a number of Pre-selling restaurants and clubs. And uh, so when my container arrived and when my container was taken to my warehouse, I had my first delivery made within two hours. Wow. So I, I, I really worked hard as it was Making that long journey. And who was your first client? Uh, it was the Washington Athletic Club. Oh, right yep. on. Um, oh, God, who was over there? The oh, I can see him, Bo. We used to call him Bo. Um, he was the food and beverage director there for many years, okay. as, as was, uh, oh, my goodness, my brain. Uh, well, this is really fun. So y- you actually had clients. And what was, cider comes in a variety of shapes, but European cider tends to be in the 750 milliliter bottle. Yes, it does. Traditionally, mm-hmm. it's in the 750 milliliter bottle. However, um, there are a lot of... It's interesting what's happening. You're seeing a lot more 330 milliliter bottles yeah. right now. And I, I would say probably half of my selection is in 330 milliliters. Um, and I think that's due to um, the the younger generation is going back to the orchard and going back to the farms and they're taking over the operations from their parents mm-hmm. and grandparents mm-hmm. and they're willing to be a little bit more innovative and experimental and so we're seeing a lot more um, of the small bottles and it's also uh, easier to sell a small bottle as well because people can kind of try it and not have a right. huge commitment to yeah. a large 700 That's always been a bottle, challenge, right? especially with yeah. when it comes to cider. I think people are familiar more with wine and wine has been widely accepted as going to be tart and and have maybe some fl- flavors but cider is a mystery 
because a lot of people think ciders of apple juice. They want it to taste like apple juice, mm-hmm. and that's the thing with the, with the buzz. But European cider is definitely different. It's mm-hmm. a different bacteria, I think. I mean, it's a little more sauvage, a little wild. It has, yes. especially when you use those bitter apples and the, the semi-sweets or semi-bitter, whatever you call them. Uh, it's a different taste profile. How would you describe French cider? I would describe it as um, having almost champagne-like qualities because you can get the smell of the apple when you open up the bottle. But And in some ciders, it will taste like apple. But in many of the ciders, that apple is actually a kind of a secondary taste. And what you get is a nice, dry, effervescent, refreshing type of experience drinking it. Right, so the acidity, and so it's bright, it's lithe, it's, yes. it has a little texture with the bubbles. Yes, it can also be very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be talking about a cider I have from Normandy, a couple of ciders from Normandy. And they can also be very complex where you open them up and you get uh, a wonderful mix of aromas. And then when you taste it, it doesn't taste anything like it smells. And that's almost across the board. <laughs> French cider does not taste like it smells. Which is interesting because we're talking about taste to smell. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. And so then you get these wonderful tastes that are, um, you know, this wonderful mix of all these different styles of apples. But they can be very complex. And so you can be drinking it and your first few drink, uh, your first few, few tastes will taste one way. And then it starts to open up and evolve just like a wine. Right. Right. And then it can evolve. And by the end of the glass, it will actually be a very unique and different uh, taste experience than when you first opened it. And that's what I love about it. It's it's um, has a lot of personality. Oh, well, I do enjoy personality. And you have a lot of personality. I speak with Joan <laughs> Harkins, who is the uh, owner of the CE, CCE, president of Beauchamp Imports and FrenchCider.com. We have how many ciders do you have to taste today? I have two ciders. To Cidre Contentin. Le Cidre Contentin. And also a Cidre, cidre Boucher. Boucher for the mouth. Uh, and because oh, we have a couple uh, Calvados, you have a Pomeau and a Pinot de Chiron, which is, sounds lovely. I uh, see it's two tiny bottles there as well. So I'm super excited. Um, one of the things we don't talk about in cider is actually the, the bitterness factor, the cranberry uh, experience, mm-hmm. right? You think cranberry juice, it's refreshing, it's slightly mm-hmm. sweet, has a little bit of, they add citric acid, mm-hmm. but it's it's got that dry, tannic finishes, which I think also lends itself in the cider world as well. Hey, folks, stick around. We've got two ciders to try and a host of Calvados and some great products, all from FrenchCider.com and my new friend Joan Harkins right here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. And you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia. Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. We'll be having a great Saturday night. Time for round two. I got two glasses of Cidre here in studio with my friend Joan Harkins, the uh, CEO, the chief cider enthusiast for Beauchamp Imports and... 
FrenchCider.com. We're uh, tasting cedar today, which I'm super excited about. Obviously, Washington State's got lots of apples, and our cider industry has exploded, as it has exploded around North America. Of course, Canada and Montreal, Quebec, uh, British Columbia, and um, I held the first North American cider competition uh, here in Seattle. And I had uh, uh, entries from Michigan and Massachusetts and uh, Wisconsin and Texas and West Virginia um, and Quebec and Oregon and Montana. It was really, really cool to see the host of different ciders, different expressions. Um, but it all harkens back, which is interesting, too, because, of course, there's that the very familiar taste of, uh, you know, dry cider with a little bit of sweetness. But it seems to be getting more and more, um, I don't say rustic, but going back to tradition, which is these these are original cider apples, which you have mentioned 3,000 different varieties. A, a thousand were named or three? A thousand of them were named, yeah. And yeah. 300 in commercial production or, right. or farming. Um, and do you know which, you have two ciders here today. Are you familiar with the cepage, so to speak? The kind of apples that go in it? Yes, really? I am. I am. I like that. Chief and chief cider enthusiast, CCE, <laughs> and the president. Are you president of one company and chief cider enthusiast of the other? I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm the chief cider enthusiast of both of them. All right. So uh, we have two ciders, uh, the Cidre Boucher Brut, which uh, is interesting because obviously Brut is that term that the English used to describe mm-hmm. some French wines, and, mm-hmm. um, but now it, it is, is caught on to the term dry here, I, I take it. Let's talk about this one. So um, this first one is a wonderful, traditional cedar boucher. So it's probably the most traditional type of Normandy cider. It comes from uh, the heart of Normandy, actually in the Pays d'Oge region, which is right in the middle of Normandy. And um, this family, Pierre Rouet, has been making cider for five generations. So they've been making cider uh, and Calvados mm. since around 1850. Oh, that Hewitt's got a name, right? Yes. Hewitt. Well known in uh, Loire Valley, of course. Yes, of course. And um, so this is uh, what mm. I really feel is like my go-to cider. It goes with everything, right? You can eat it. You can drink it with poultry, you can drink it with veal, seafood, of course, is always a wonderful um, accompaniment, mm-hmm. uh, fish, pate, camembert. They love it when you eat, when you drink this with camembert because of the reason, because that, of course, is from the it's Normandy from- <laughs> region, right? Um, but this is, a, this is a cider that I like to drink uh, when I'm having a, a casual meal and I don't really want to think about a, a really complicated pairing, I just drink this cider and I know it's going to go with everything. And, and everybody loves it. Well, uh, you brought a spe- specific cider glass, which is being touted by the uh, International Cider Organization or the... The, the cider producers cider. like this, yes. this style. Uh, yeah. And it's it's more of the, the gobelet, the tulip glass yes. uh, with a heavy base. I've got the, uh, the longer, more um, sherry style glasses, the bullet glass. Mm-hmm. Which is directing the the aromas to my nose, and I, I'm just used to this one because it's in my hand. Now, the first aromas that I pick up of are, of course, uh, a mix of apples. Of mm-hmm. they tend to be ripe. Some are a little ripe, a little overripe, and yep. perhaps bruised. Uh, there's definitely a yeast note here. It's more of the Britannomyces wild yeast, a little bit of the I don't call it barnyard, but more of the farm field. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm, there's a uh, some fl- floral notes here as well. There is it's some floral some notes as well. Yes, um, kind of like you mentioned, the ripe apples. Uh, there is a little bit of a green apple uh, oh, wow. aroma that comes as well with the floral notes. So that's the when you're drinking cider, um, 
you you like to engage at least three of your senses, right? <laughs> so you look at the color, and this color is this beautiful golden yeah. amber color, um, and you and you look at how the bubbles are coming up uh, in the cider. You also then uh, smell the aromas. And then you taste it. Mm-hmm. So those three senses are really critical to fully enjoying your cider experience, your French cider experience. <laughs> well, I'm certainly enjoying this cider experience. Um, this is is mildly sweet. Uh, it just has a very faint hint of residual sugar. And when yes. when we get those apple aromas or those flavors, whether it's citrus or pomaceous or, or or stone fruit, sugar helps us our brain recognize it. It just sort of accentuates because we've we've tasted. We're we're conditioned that way. Um, this is is very. It's a moderate weight. I was going to say wine. Moderate weight <laughs> cider. Um, it has a very soft uh, bitterness or, or tannin texture. Um, the bubbles here, which were really remarkable, that's such a fine bead. It's mm-hmm. very, very, it's very, very elegant cider. Yeah, and you will find that in a lot of the um, the ciders that are double fermented. So this one oh, is bottom. fermented in a big cuvee, mm-hmm. and then it's put in the bottle, and it continues to oh. ferment in the bottle. So that is uh, often a characteristic that they... Uh, the the bubbles are very fine, and the the collar of bubbles around the glass are very fine, and they also will come up from the base of the glass as well. Interesting. So I just tried the same cider of the second glass. The, yeah. What did the you think? Glass. I find the cider to be very very refreshing overall. I think the refreshment factor in this the new glass here is much more pleasing, but I, I think it, it direct the, some of the the aroma profile and the actual flavor profile is a little more uh, spread out across my yes. palate, whereas this class is directing it's, it, and I'm able to... directing it more because it's got a narrower top, Correct. whereas you notice that the yes. cider glass that I brought is very wide. It's the widest part mm-hmm. is actually at the top. It really helps wash it over your palate. Yes, exactly. Absolutely delicious. What does a bottle of cider cost? This is um, Now, this is bottle condition. This is mm-hmm. basically uh, method, uh, method traditionnel, <laughs> yes, right? Because right. it's fermented that's, in the bottle. Exactly. Right. Just like the champagne people do. And uh, this is seven fifty. What would this cost? Uh, so this is going to cost anywhere from about fourteen to seventeen dollars. Yeah. Um, and it's great because it's it's not a guzzler, but it's very refreshing that you want to taste it more. Yes, and that's one of the wonderful things about cider is that um, it's thirst quenching. Um, and so I find it's funny, when I first started tasting and drinking ciders, I would sip it like a wine. Uh but then you realize that you can. It's actually made to quench your thirst, mm-hmm. so you can drink it in big gulps if you want to, and, and that's the tannin perfectly okay. Is, it's dry, so you're like, mm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm you want thirsty more. for more. <laughs> yeah. I do want more. Okay, and luckily for me, we've got a second bottle here. So uh, the first one was called Cidre Boucher, which is I don't know, cider mouth or cider uh, kiss. Cidre, or? No, Cidre Boucher literally means cider that is cork has a cork in it. Oh. Right, and it's funny because cider. yeah, I know it's funny because originally when they were uh, making cider, it was in you know big casks, and right. they would take the cask to the local bar and right. serve the cider out uh, of that, and then somebody and... decided to put it in a bottle and realized they had to put a cork in it, mm. so it's cider with a cork, not just a piece of cloth, and, right. with uh, tar pine <laughs> or pine tar. Uh, all right, so the second one is called Eru uh, Cidre Contentin. Biologique Extra Brut. Yes. This is a very interesting cider. Um, It's uh, from Eru à Auvergne. So it's in the Cotentin Peninsula, which is that peninsula that reaches up into the English Channel. It's where all the D-Day landing beaches are, Cherbourg and all the landing beaches Uh are there. 
Um, it's a beautiful, wild area, very maritime, very windswept. Um, the soil in that area is has a lot of granite and limestone in it. And this is an extra brute. This is, I believe, the only extra brute cider coming out of Normandy. Um, and the most uh, wonderful thing about this cider is it is an AOC. So it is an Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée. It is the newest cider AOC in France. This cider AOC was awarded in May of 19, I'm sorry, May of 2016. And Marie-Agnès Eroux, who creates this cider, was the woman who was behind getting the Cotentin Peninsula awarded the Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée. And for those people who don't know what the Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée means is it's basically the French government recognizes a geographic region uh, in France and recognizes it for being distinct and unique in terms of the terroir, in terms of the soil, in terms of the um, apple varieties, in terms of the know-how that the people are using to make cider, and they protect it. So, and they give it an Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée. Marianne's uh, was behind that, and she was uh, so beloved by the region that she was nominated for a Quad Chevalier, oh. and she was awarded the Quad Chevalier about about nine months ago. Wow! Yeah. Well, congratulations. So. When you say protected, uh, protected for AOC, obviously you're protecting it for the uh, integrity of the the region. We want all the producers to be producing a quality product. So you're protecting it in one region that hey, we have to be make sure that we're making this well. Uh, but you're also protecting it from uh, outside people from, calling it the same thing exactly. and trying to market uh, on your success. Exactly. Uh, this cider is actually uh, really, really. Um, it's a sophisticated drink. This is this is like a white wine to me. Uh, it's in that Chablisian style mm-hmm. where you... It actually, it's just more of it a uh, Chenin Blanc style because you mm. get the apple in there with this mm-hmm. the Bouvray. Uh, it, it has great depth. It's it's um, lithe, uh, balanced. It, yes. It's um, it's got the... Once again, it's got the beautiful bubbles. Mm. Uh, that you always will notice the bubbles coming up from the base of the glass when you're drinking this one. Mm. And it, even though it's an extra brute... Uh, it still has a lovely uh, uh, melange, a lovely combination of flavors. Lots that, of flavor here. Lots of flavor. And, and there is a point at which you drink this cider and you get a little hint, tiny hint of sweetness, but then it just gives way to this beautiful dry finish. I, I'm so disappointed we don't have more time on this segment because we've got some uh, Calvados to talk about. But I love it. This is called Cidre Contentin. It's from Eru, you said? Uh, Eru. Eru. Uh, hey, folks, stick around. I got Joan Harkins with FrenchCider.com right here on Happy Hour Radio. Two regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KBI. KBI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right. Hey, welcome back here with Joan Harkins in studio at FrenchCider.com and uh, Deschamps Imports. Uh, we've got two ciders here. We talked about the first one between 14 17 bucks, the Cedar Boucher. The second one is an AOC, uh, uh, an Appellation Origine Contrôlée uh, cider production region, uh, Cidre Contentin. And this is a 5.5% alcohol by volume, but the first one was 45 They're both very similar. They 
they, they're both very refreshing. They're they're elegant. They're, they're dry. They're crisp. Uh, they're quenching, um, and just really delicious. I, I want to drink more of them. <laughs> yes. What's well, the that's, price? That's what they're, where can that's we find they're designed these? to do. Excellent. Uh, so the price on the the Cite de Cotentin is also, by the way, uh, organic. Mm-hmm. So Biologique. the price biologic. Uh, the price on that will run about twenty to twenty three dollars a bottle. What a great expression, though. I mean, this is something because you again, I, I, I'll guzzle the best, with the best of them, but yeah. this is so refreshing and, and it's very it's, it's a patient um, and very enjoyable thoughtful experience it's, and I could guzzle it but I don't want to <laughs> alright what stores carry this is there a Whole Foods or some boutique shops uh, who's so, got cider uh, so mainly we're in bottle shops and in some of the smaller organic neighborhood markets right. and some smaller regional markets um, so bottle shops like Teku Tavern Schilling Cider the Beer Junction oh, right. over West in Seattle. West Seattle right. yeah, Bottle Works over in Wallingford and then for the smaller um Boutique type stores. Um, we have Sunset Green Market in Ballard, Farmers Green Market, uh, Market Time in um, Fremont. Uh, we're also over in Eastern Washington in okay. Huckleberries and uh, up in Leavenworth as well. There's a new cider house up in Leavenworth. Awesome. Leavenworth well, house. this is great. It's good to taste New World and Old Wood cider. I think we want to uh, understand the, the whole industry, the expansive flavors and uh, expression that exists. Um, moving away from the actual apple juice itself, which is then fermented and into a dry, uh, delicious, sparkling drink, we take that and then distill it. That's exactly right. So kind of the life cycle of the apple, right? You make <laughs> juice, and then you ferment the juice, turn it into cider, and then it gets distilled and turned into Calvados. What happens to all the worms in those apples? <laughs> there aren't any worms. <laughs> those are so bitter. Worms won't even go near them. It's too funny. All right, so we have Calvados. So, yes, yeah, so you said it's cider, it, you distill it, and then you've got, and then you age it in oak. And then you age it in oak barrels, anywhere from two to about 75 years. Uh, it, the minimum requirement is two years, uh, and then you can age it, obviously, longer than that. Again, according to the AOC, right? Because Calvados is yes. in Appalachia. Yes, there's actually three Calvados AOCs. There is the the broad AOC, which is AOC Calvados. Calvados. And that generally comes from um, what previously was called Bas Normandy, so Lower ah, Normandy. Right. That's right. Right? And it's um, mainly in the Calvados and Orne and Manche departments, but there's also some in Eure and also Seine-Maritime. <laughs> Right, <laughs> those are like those are like little counties, okay. right? In the in the uh, in Normandy, um, so that's the AOC Calvados, and then there's a very particularly particular region in the Calvados area called the Paydoge, and it's a region where there is another Calvados AOC, another uh, Calvados Appalachian d'origine contrôlée, and it's the Paydoge AOC. P A Y S D apostrophe A U G E. Correct. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it's not fast. a very big area. It's, it's pretty small. And then there is yet another area down in the Domfront. So this is in the southernmost part of Normandy, uh, and it's the Calvados Domfronte. And Domfronte, this, And right. this is Calvados that is made with pears. So it has to have, I think I think it has to have about 30% pear, or it can have 30% pear, but there's pears in it. Yeah. Sure. Okay, well, so we got three different regions, and it gets better and better as you go, or mm-hmm. it gets more specific more as you specific, get into detail. And, and more rigorous in terms of the requirements right. that, that you have to follow. And you have three expressions in your portfolio of Calvados? Um, More than that? In terms of the SKUs? I see. Well, you have got VS, you've got the oh, Paydoge, and oh you've got goodness. the Marquitas. Yeah, no, so I, yeah, I have... Okay, so I carry... 
uh, two brands, the Pierre Rouet and Marquis de Saint-Loup. In terms of the different ages, right, I have, oh my goodness, VS, VA Reserve, XO. Wow. Just like cognac, just like cognac, 15-year, 25-year, and then I have a whole range of millissime, which are, yes, which are calvados, which come from a single distillation in a single year. So I have a 67, 1967, a 77, an 87, and a 97. I am told that I have probably the largest assortment of calvados in the area. Cool. And um, it's funny, when I went over and to meet all the... Cider producers, they a couple of them said, yes, you came for the cider and you're going to leave with the Calvados. And indeed, I did. I, I really went all in with the Calvados. Uh, well, so fun. I'm, I'm pleased that you made it back. Uh, you weren't uh, got through TSA at the time. <laughs> exactly. um, you know, interesting. So we think of Calvados. Uh, to me, Calvados is one of the most wonderful spirits. Um, it, it's not as heavy as a cognac. It's not as heavy as a bourbon or a whiskey. It, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the Irish whiskey of... Uh, of fruit liqueurs for me because it's light, but it has flavor and it's 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 it can dance with a lot of different dates kind of thing. Yeah, when I first discovered Calvados, I was struck by how light and easy to drink and expressive it is, um, and it's very smooth. Um, the Calvados, uh, mm. you know, all the Calvados. I think that's one of the characteristics is it's very smooth to drink and um, a lot of. A lot of people really enjoy it. Oh wow, that it just set me back as like. Which one did you drink? The um, XO, I think the X. Yeah, yeah we're poured, having the XO. Yes. We're having the eight year, the Pierre XO, which is an eight year old. And let's talk about Pay-tose. so VS, very special VSOP, very special old pale XO is basically an expression I, means. I think it means extra ex- reserve, extra, extra, old. extra something, extra <laughs> old. It's extra old. Yeah, <laughs> extraordinary. But it's funny because extra old. It's only eight years, and I've got Calvados up to fifty years. But well, I I want to mm-hmm. dig on this one. That sixty seventh and that's right around my birthday. Oh, mm. well, definitely. Well, this is fantastic. Sure. I I make these. I when I go to a bar, I will get creative. Make something like make me a Manhattan out of Calvados, or what do you call it, a Parisian or something. Yes, absolutely. The VS Calvados, which is the two year old, is really fantastic for cocktails. And in fact, there are a lot of bartenders around town who are starting to experiment and use Calvados in a lot of cocktails. Um, you know, we we make a wonderful, we call it the Paris Mule, and it is basically uh, a Moscow Mule, but you substitute the Calvados uh, for the vodka. Um, and then we've got some other drinks that we make with it as well. You but- just don't have Calvados with vodka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it's really That's the great. Yeah. No. Jackass. Yeah, something like that. Uh, but it holds up really well, right? Um, it's very assertive. Uh, it's very robust. So it holds up really well as the main liquor in a in a cocktail. Uh, but it, it can be blended with a lot of other flavors, very strong fruit, fruit flavors or things like it that. Holds it holds, it, it holds its totally own. It holds like a brown liquor, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't have the burn or the heat uh, or the tannin from all that new oak, which exactly. I think is delicious. You get the apple flavors, which adds more fruit, which is what we all like. And, of course, you get a touch of barrel, um, and that's always French oak. Second Calvados you have here is the XO. This is the mm-hmm. Marquis de Saint-Loup, and it's 15 years old. It's 15 years old. Yes. Yeah, Twice so, as old, almost twice as old. Almost twice as old. So let me just go back for a second on the PROA. The XO is a Pay Doge AOC, so it's double distilled mm. in a pot still, uh, and that's the requirement for a Pay Doge. The Marquis de Saint-Loup 15-year is a single distilled 
Calvados AOC. So it's single distilled in a column still. And some people will say that the double distillation makes it very robust and very assertive and it holds up really well to aging and that the single column still preserves the elegance and the floral um, aromas and the fruity aromas. Some people will say that. Right. It's continuous. Some people will say that, but I'll let you be the judge. Mm. Well, I'm going to say this. This is ethereal. This is um, just... It's warm water. This reminds me of when I had Louis the Thirteenth. This is such a fine, refined cognac. This has just been time honored, like any great Scotch or any old whiskey that's been in barrel, um, fine wine in a bottle. It has aged. It's developed. It is showing itself, and uh, it's absolutely beautifully delicious. It's it's thank you. Enchanting. Yes, it is. Um, very smooth. Um, we like to tell people that this one you can um, oh, wow. a, have a little square of chocolate accompany it. It's very nice. Um, it's got a little bit of almond and mm, butterscotch man. aromas in it. So this one we like to savor after dinner with good friends. Um, this is my and, new drink. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Boy, when I first tasted this, this was my new drink, I think drink, when we right? tasted it uh, at yeah. the Holiday Wine Fest. Yes. Um, so so what stores carry Calvados? Esquin? Uh, so at this point, our Calvados is in uh, some liquor stores. So up at okay. Northwest Wine and Spirits, uh-huh. up on Capitol Hill. Also Downtown Spirits. Oh, great. Yep. And then there's a number of restaurants um, around town that are serving the Calvados, either in cocktails or in neat, in a brandy snifter, like uh, Bateau, Bar oh, right. Melusine, sure. Boat Street and Kitchen, Lausanne. She knows, of course. Staple and Fancy. Hey, um... Can we find these at FrenchCider.com or is this... Uh... Well, you can find all of my cider at FrenchCider.com and you can read about the Calvados at FrenchCider.com. You have to purchase the Calvados through a retail store. Right. Okay, yeah. very good. Hey, folks, stick around. we got one more, uh, one more segment right here on Happy Hour Radio. He's live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, talk radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, we're having a real fun time. Uh, Johnny Appleseed's in the studio. Actually, it's Joan Appleseed. Joni Appleseed. Joni Appleseed. Uh, Beauchamp Imports, she's the president, and she's also president and chief cider enthusiast of FrenchCider.com. We've tasted two great ciders, two fantastic Calvados. Hey, folks, if you've not been on the Calvados trail yet, go with Pays Doge, and you must buck up. What's this uh, 15-year-old Calvados run? Uh, it's going to run about 125 to $150. Absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because cognac itself, they'll tell you that, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is a you know, mix of all these blends, but this tastes better. And this Thank is something you. you. This is something that everyone will like. Cognac Absolutely. is refined. It's like oh, I don't like brown. It tastes, you know, it's, it's a lot of French oak in that. This is so fun. Now, there's one more expression that they produce out there. It's called Pomeau. Pomeau de Normandy. Pomeau de Normandy, and um, a pum is an apple. Exactly. Or pomme de terre is potato. That's right. No, no pomme de terre. Is <laughs> no pomme de terre. Pomeau. That would be vodka. <laughs> uh, so you have some Pomeau here. So tell I me, do. this is. So, so continuing this analogy of the life cycle of the apple, um, you mix Calvados with apple juice or cider, 
and then you age it for anywhere from about 14 months to three, sometimes four years in oak barrels, and you get this lovely mm. um, 17% alcohol wine, like it's like a like a fortified wine. Um, on the labels, I call it either an aperitif wine or an apple wine. Um, and it's very, apple very... Apple teeth, you called it? Uh, 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 apple teeth, yes. I like that. <laughs> Maybe I can convince you can people. Have it. You got it. <laughs> Thank All right, you. that's for you. This is delicious. Thank this you. is silky. It's, it's, it's silky. glycerol. It's um, it's surreal because you're like, this is it's a little syrupy. It's got some weight to it, but it's just... Uh, to me, it's... I don't know, vanilla milkshake, but it doesn't have any vanilla. Oh, I like that. But yeah. it just reminds me, this is so satisfying. Yeah, it's, um, what I like about it is it has a little bit of a, a, a you know, it's sweet. It's obviously sweet, but it doesn't have that syrupy it's finish. It's not cloying. No, not at all. No. It finishes very, very comfortably and. It um, tastes like a cocktail. I mean, like does, someone it made does. it to be a cocktail. Yeah. And actually you can use these to make cocktails as well. Or just, yeah. Yeah, or the other thing you can do is you can pour it over a sorbet, like uh, an apple sorbet or a pear sorbet. You can pour the pomo oh, right, or yes. the calvados. Oh, well, that's coming over, back. I remember yeah, when pear sorbet yeah, was yeah, like yeah, yeah. all the rage in the 90s here. It's fantastic. And so you can pour it over a sorbet and make a dessert out of it as well. So it's very versatile. Um, and now this would be, obviously, does pomo last? Is it a month long? Obviously, it's stable. Mm -hmm. I would think it's like a port wine. If you pull out a cork in a port, you've got about basically two to three weeks to really enjoy no, it. No, 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 no. You can drink this for about a year. Oh. The idea is that once you get down to about halfway, though, same thing with the Calvados. Once you get down to about halfway, then you want to finish it up quickly. Right. And get your next bottle. <laughs> That's a great strategy. Yeah, I think it was. Honey, well. we just passed the point. <laughs> yes. We're at the halfway point. We had to have the point of no return. <laughs> um, so fun. So FrenchCider.com, you've got, uh, can, is there a club? Can people, can you sell cider via club or? You know, I haven't um, established a club yet, but that would be, that would be the next thing I will do is a cider club. And thank you for bringing that up. Um It'd be great if people are interested. They can go on my site and they can uh, leave me a little message saying they'd be interested in a cider club, and I can uh, collect information that way. So, well, for each one, remember, for each one you get, yes. a thousand people wanted to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have a couple of tastings, though. You have a warehouse, and it's right by the Magnolia Bridge behind the Staples there, mm -hmm. uh, and you have a couple of tastings. The first one's coming up on Saturday, August 4th. Correct. So, um, 12, 12 to 4 p.m. 12 to 4 p.m. And it's uh, you just come around to the little gravel alley behind the warehouse, and uh, I'll Very be set clandestine. up there. Very clandestine. Yes, it's. Uh, and then you go down the whoops, you go down the stairs. <laughs> Getting out of control. <laughs> Getting ready. I'm throwing the pomo. So around. August fourth, uh, and then August eighteenth. So two tastings in August, which is fantastic. Uh, I hope to stop by on August fourth. I'll be judging the Thank you. Boeing Wine Club uh, Boeing Wine Club uh, wine competition that day up in Edmonds, and that should be really fun. Hopefully, I can swing by. Cider is fantastic. It's this is the perfect season, the weather. Um, but also, this is something you can taste. This is spring through. This is is actually all year round with all the year round. yeah and the yes. pomo is it's 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 basically a glass of sunshine oh yes i that's a great way to describe it right but cider is absolutely something you drink all year round um you know, especially summer and fall, very thirst quenching yes. and then of course calvados is a brandy so uh winter 
spring, <laughs> summer, fall. Hey, get on it. You need to have a you need to have two bottles of this because I think you'll find that each of those Calvados is, is a unique and delicious expression. Obviously, the 15 year old is just out of this world surreal. Uh, the Pomo is is delicious and just so fun. And these ciders are absolutely. Um, just so satisfyingly, I, and I, I'm so thirsty for more. Joan Harkins, thanks so much for joining me in Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. Wow, folks, get on it. Jump on the Apple bandwagon and FrenchCider.com. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to chat with uh, Paolo, who makes vodka, coming up next week. Uh, and uh, I'll see you at the tasting on August 4th and August 18th. So remember, folks, life's always better with a designated driver. Cheers!